1: What up, what up? It's your boy
0: Vigo Satch. This is The Investor Show, and you're checking in with the investor genius,
1: Prince Dykes. Let's get it. Throughout that whole year, we had a very great year, but the question remained, right? We had an episode that we shot last year. And we had James Fortlin on from Wall Street, Uncle James, I like to call him. And he predicted the 2019 bull market. In 2018, last year, everybody was saying the market was going to go down. Everybody was saying that we're going into a recession. Watch out for the recession. I know so many of my friends and family that pulled out their money. They said, hey, you know, I know the market's about to collapse, but the market did great. And James was very bullish a bearish on the market. And I wonder, why was he so bearish? So we had him on the last episode. And this is what you see
0: But what's, ex- what's exciting about this year for our investors is 2019 is a number nine. And years that end in nine have a tendency to go up. I know this sounds crazy, but if you do your research, and I, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got this right, um, the ninth year of every decade is generally an up year. Uh, and if you minus out, really, there's only been three really – major negative years which were 1929, you guessed it, 1939, and 1969. And people often say what's really interesting is 29 and 69 were post-election years. And often a post -post post-election years are traditionally a down year. Uh, But the the pretty much besides that every year ending in a nine has been up. Pretty cool. But there's more. Uh, if you look at what's dominated the stock market in probably the last, I would say, seventy odd years, is the presidential election cycle, and the third year of every presidency is generally the best year for the stock market. Also, if you put that into, uh, if you take a look even closer, the the pre-election year is also a uh, traditionally a real a great year for the stock market. Um, in fact. Uh, uh, it, actually, if you go even earlier in the year and you look at the January barometer, which would say if, if the market's up in January, the market's going to be up for the whole year. If you go all the way back to 1950, that barometer has a batting average of over 75%. So um, I think we're setting up for a really good year. Um,
1: as you can see, he was saying things as far as january barometer the ninth year all these ways that he was so built up into the bear market so i had to bring him back to ask him why was he so confident in the bear in the bull in the bull bull market why was he so confident in the bull market of 2019 when everybody else around the globe was so bearish and most importantly what does he think of 2020. so without further ado let me bring on uncle james Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, you are now tuned in to the Prince of Investing coming to you guys and girls live all the way from the beautiful state of Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, we're coming from all the, live from the state of Denver, Colorado, via the beautiful state of Honolulu, Hawaii. First of all, I want to say uh, welcome to 2020. This is the first show here on Think Tech Hawaii, and we got a very interesting episode today. As we know, we're walking into 2020. This is our first episode. But last year, 2019, for our investors around the globe into the U.S. stock market, seen a very, very great year with the S&P 500 turning about 20 to 20, 28 to 29 percent. Uh, we had a very great year for investors that was bullish. right? you was bearish, not so much. But throughout that whole year, we had a very great year. But the question remained, right, we had an episode that we shot last year and we had James Fortlin on from Wall Street, Uncle James, I like to call him. And he predicted the 2019 bull market. In 2018, last year, everybody was saying the market was going to go down. Everybody was saying that we're going into a recession. Watch out for the recession. I know so many of my friends and family that pulled out their money. They said, hey, you know, I know the market's about to collapse, but the market did great. And James was very bullish a bearish on the market. And I wonder, why was he so bearish? So we had him on the last episode. And this is what he said. As you can see, he was saying things as far as the January barometer, the ninth year, all these ways that he was so built up into the bear market. So I had to bring him back to ask him why was he so confident in the bear, in the bull, in the bull market? Why was he so confident in the bull market of 2019 when everybody else around the globe was so bearish? And most importantly, what does he think of 2020? So without further ado, let me bring on Uncle James all the way from the beautiful state of New Jersey up there by Wall Street. James, we're glad to have you on. How are you doing up there?
0: How are you? Happy New Year to everybody.
1: Happy New Year. Now, as you was hearing me say, and last last time you was on, you were saying some great things about you believed into the 2019 uh, bull market. The first question is, why did you believe in the bull and why were you so confident?
0: oh well it was uh, first of all the the corporate tax cut uh that was instituted by the trump administration uh was going basically it put us more on an even foot with the rest of the world and i think a lot of people overlook the impact of that uh and oh, basically for the last oh i don't know 10 15 years the u.s has had the highest tax corporate tax rate uh which drove a lot of business out of the country Uh, In some cases it was cheaper for say Ford Motor Company to build cars in Mexico and sell them back in the United States and they pay a lot less taxes by doing that. Uh, And that's really no way to run a country. Uh, but Trump was key to that, and they lowered the corporate tax rate. And I just, to me, it looked like it was going to be a nonstop earning machine. That was that's the first thing. The, the second thing is a little more. Uh, there's actually three parts. The the second thing was also there was a big push to sort of deregulate uh, and maybe uh, hollow out what a lot of people call the administrative state in Washington, where uh, there's just a lot of people in Washington trying to centrally manage everyone's businesses and life. And the less of that you have historically, the better the economy gets. So the bigger Washington is, the worse the economy gets, the smaller Washington's impact, the better the economy gets. It's just, it's like in an inverse relationship. Um, and then the third thing was the, the, was the, was the tariff business, um, the free trade agreement or the trade agreement with Mexico and Canada, I thought was really significant. Uh, and the, uh, the old NAFTA needed to be reworked. And then a lot of the rest of the year I've been harping on, you know, where everybody else has been saying recession, 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 or impeachment, 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 or Russia, Russia, Russia. I've been saying China, China, China. And so the, the, the second half of the year, I think you got a lot of steam because of a push to negotiate with China. And as you see the last couple of days, I mean, what was the market up today, 167 points or something like that on the Dow? Um, you know, you have the first step in a road uh, to making a, a long term fairer and equitable trade deal with China. So I just think that's enormous for the U.S. for U.S. companies and for the U.S. economy. So those are kind okay. of the three things.
1: Yeah. So you post on the tariffs, right? We're gonna get into the trade war later. And now, I want you to kind of reiterate. You spoke about the January January barometer. You said that every right. year that ends with a nine, uh, every year that ends with a nine, except for three years, which I think it was 1929, 1969, something like right. that. So you yeah, said right. every year, it's something very superstitious when you said it that every year that ends with a nine is usually an up year. Right, and you use the January barometer, and you said the third year of every presidency is usually a bull market. And you said uh, every year pre um, pre pre-election year, 2019 was a pre-election year, and it was Donald Trump's third election year. You said you use a lot of historical data. To calculate yes. Yes. this bull market that was yeah. about to happen. And I want to tell people about the market settlement. Everybody, the reason why we did that episode, because everybody was like recession, recession. People was pulling their money out, people was running from it. But you brought in these very superstitious numbers of every third year is it was, this. Long term data. Mm. Long term data. Very
0: long-term so now,
1: yeah. Now that you did that, we did that in 2019. <laughs> What is your market predictions for 2020,
0: and why? Oh boy! Well, first of all, 2020 we got uh, we got kind of a the January barometer. There's even a there's even a shorter version of the first. I think it's the first five days of trading. And if the market ends up in the first five days of trading, it means the whole rest of the year it's going to be up. And we were up the first five days of trading, so that's a big positive. Um, I would say that the way, this is what I look at more than anything. This is, see, last year there was a lot of historic data because there was so much noise, um, really what I would call anti-Trump sentiment in the media, even in the financial press and uh, from a lot of different areas. Um, and this year I think we go into 2020 with a little different view. It's very hard for a lot of people or for most of us to learn anything from a year where things go well so it's hard to learn when the market's up and you make money but the one thing i think a lot of people learned last year the hard way was you're never going to get rich by bashing the president it's just not going to happen and as long as they keep bashing the president the market's going to go up it's just it's this huge we used to call it the war of worry it's i mean today i'm looking we hit a record and almost every major financial website all they were talking about is when the next recession is coming and i'm like you just signed a huge trade deal with with china that's not even it makes a headline you got it and we finally signed the mexico canadian the new I forget what the acronym is for the new NAFTA. It took me like 20 years to get that one right. Um, So we finally signed that also. And that doesn't make any headlines, but we're talking about, you know, when the next recession is coming. And I'm like, come on, people. Like it's it's we're only January 15th already here. Let's like, let's give it a little rest here. Um, I just think that people learned a hard lesson. Like I always tell people, you invest money in the stock market to make money. If, you're, if you want to save the world, plant a tree. Or write a book and teach kids how to, how to invest money like you're doing. But in the stock market, we're here to make money. That's what we're here to do. And people who get involved in investing for other reasons than to make money are already, you know, making a mess out of things. And I'm not saying you got to love the president. You know what? i didn't i wasn't a fan of barack obama i wasn't a fan of his policies but he was the president we had to deal with so you had a particular investing strategy to take advantage of many of the policies that he was pushing forward. now we have a new president and you have to have a different set of investment policies to capture what's being pushed forward with this president and this president is a much more volatile president uh, he's So it's going to create a lot more volatility and turmoil in the markets. But last year, it proved, you know, nonstop that all that volatility was all buying opportunities, no matter when it was and no matter how, you know. And on top of that, like, we also saw that how, and, and we just saw it again with this Iran thing the last couple of days, where how bad all this computerized trading is. I mean, the other night, you know, you had the president take out a major terrorist, probably the number one terrorist in the entire world, contrary to what the media is reporting. Um, You had a lot of people in Iran very happy about that, including anybody who has any sense in most of the rest of the world. Um, And then Iran retaliated with this sort of phony baloney missile barrage where they shot a bunch of missiles out into the middle of the Iraqi desert, which really didn't do much of anything. And any amount of just knowledge on the subject you would have known right away that this was this was kind of a safe face response they really weren't looking to have the u.s get provoked and trump didn't take the bait now of course while that was going on they shot down an airplane that they claim was not on purpose but i have a tendency to think otherwise and uh they, you know, it, 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 the media was going crazy about how we're going to have World War Three. And I'm like, we've been in a, a Cold War with Iran since 1979 or since uh, the, the, the big hostage crisis, what it was called. And we've had they've been fighting with us nonstop since. This is nothing out of the ordinary at all. And the only difference thing is we actually fought back for a change, which is kind of nice. And. Um, and I and I just think that showed the computerized trading sold off the market really quickly, which was a great way to take advantage. And if you were a buyer, by the next day you realized World War II, just World War Three just wasn't happening. And uh, as as we put, you know, they do on Facebook, we put we're Mark Safe from World War Three on our Facebook pages because it just wasn't, you know, I mean, right away, it was ridiculous, but people were like, they're like, this is the end, there's going to be a draft, they are going to round everybody up and send them off. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was, it was really silly, actually. It was, it was silly. And you're, you're, you know, you, you're a military guy. I mean, if we were going to have a draft, the Congress would have to authorize it. It's not like the, mm-hmm. the military is just going to start calling up people because like, they have your phone number and they're going to say, hey, james i know you're a little old but we want to work we're, we're sending you off to iraq and i'm like i'm like if unless you're sending me to the iranian army it's not going to help you too much because i'm kind of old and yeah. we're out of shape but you know <laughs> I, i'd be i'd be more helpful like, for you if i played on the other team you know and like that would be that's how bad i am right so it, like you know it's stuff like that so i just think we learned a lot of lessons that we, a lot of people, I think, learned for the first time, or at least they should have, that you can't look your, your political preferences or your likes and dislikes have nothing to do with investing and i i think i'm gonna, i and i'm gonna and i'm gonna like t- you know last year i pulled out a bunch of old numbers because we were just barraged by you know this is the end of the world and trump is like gonna destroy the universe and it's gonna be a trade war and a, and a shooting war and a this war and a that war and we're gonna get taken over by mexico and we're gonna and now we have and global warming is going to destroy us all and by the you know meanwhile i mean look at all look at the global warming scare Speaking of our former president, he retires from office and buys a beautiful mansion on the beach in Martha's Vineyard. So I guess if there really is a global warming thing and the seas are rising, he, he would know more than anybody.
1: Yes. Now, this is the thing, like you just made some good points about the 2019 market, how you predicted it and all the yeah. noise that's in the marketplace, yes. right? With all the things going on and the behavior, how you brought buying opportunities in 2019. Now, before we go any further, uh, we got to jump into a quick break, right? But we come out of this commercial break. We're going to go in and we're going to talk about, you know, how would you position yourself to take advantage of a bull market in 2019, or how would you hedge yourself? So we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome to the ThinkTech Hawaii studio. My name is Andrew Lanning. I'm the host of Security Matters Hawaii. We air here every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Hawaii time trying to bring you issues about security that you may not know, issues that can protect your family, protect yourself, protect our community, protect our our companies, the folks we work with. Uh, Please join us and I hope you can um, maybe get a little different perspective on how to live a little safer. Aloha.
0: Aloha, my name is Wendy Lowe and I want you to join me as we take our health back. On my show, all we do is talk about things in everyday life in Hawaii or abroad, I have guests on board that will just talk about different aspects of health in every, in every way, whether it's medical health, nutritional health, diabetic health, you name it, we'll talk about it. Even financial health, we'll even have some of the Miss Hawaii's on board, and all the different topics that I feel will make your health and your lifestyle a lot better. So come join me, I welcome you to take your health back. Mahalo.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, of truth of all ages, we're coming back now from our break. And before our break, we was talking about in 2019, how did James Fortland predict the bear, uh, the bull? Why do I keep saying bear? Why did he predict the bull market of 2019? And what is he thinking of 2020? Now, he spoke about some of the crucial facts that we talked about with about the January barometer, the first five days of the market. And he also spoke about how the tears and the trades uh, how the ter- um, the tariffs in the deal with China and Mexico kind of opened up the market and brought very great buying opportunities to the bull investors. Now, the first question as we come back into it, that I'm going to ask James, right? We just sounded the, the quote-unquote phase one of the trade deal with China. And I kind of look at it, and I always said that Trump will win the trade war. My question is to you, James, is Trump winning, is President Trump winning the trade war? oh massively uh, i
0: if you talk to i used to do a lot of business with chinese companies uh back in the old days and they are they were basically crying i mean they all hate trump because he is sticking it to him really hard and they're much more they're very dependent on exports at this point in the game and they're uh they have a lot more to lose out of this than than we have and Uh Trump played them hard. And I think a lot of it was stretched out just because they believed a lot of stuff they saw in the media, like a lot of other people, and they were foolish to believe that. They should have picked up Trump's book called The Art of the Deal. And he spells out exactly how you do all this stuff. Um, in that book. And I'm and again, I'm not saying the guy, I'm saying if you're even if you're not gonna like him, at least know something about him. And Uh, He spelled out a lot of his negotiating tactics, which are, are very clear he employed many of them in fact the chinese even try to employ some right back to him so maybe they did read the art of the deal there was a couple of times where they try to pull out of the agreement and do a bunch of other stuff so i think it's going to only get better for actually and in the end at the end of the day it's going to be better for both countries it's going to be it's a win-win i hate to use that word because it gets so overused but if, if we if if the us comes out of this as a winner china is going to come out of this as a winner as well it's going to be better for everybody
1: okay now and i agree i always told people i looked at uh america is the customer and china was like the business owner you know because america we're in a trade deficit where we buy everything for for the most part and china in a position where they make everything so my ideology was that if a business owner and a customer got into it who would you think win? the customer is always right right because we're the ones that's a buying everything if we don't spend our dollars or take our dollars somewhere else you know who's going to come up on the short end now my thing to you is now that we know that uh trump has done a favorable deal for america with um i saw that um to close the trade deficit that china has spent like 200 billion um they're going to lift some of the tariffs things like that or whatnot my question to you if going into 2020 how would you position your portfolio? Or how would you, what stocks would you buy going into 2020 to take advantage of the possible bull market that you're predicting here in 2020? Ooh, well, first of all, <laughs> I think we I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. This is an election right. year. Right. So
0: it is an election year. So usually, historically, the market's a little odder in election years, although it still has a bias to the upside. But I think we're also in a even a bigger cycle is starting to take over right now. And I think we're in one of those sort of um, huge historical pivot points, I would call it a technological pivot point. You could probably say 1982 was sort of a point like this uh, where the Super Bowl took off. And maybe 1994 was another one of those huge pivot points uh, where they rolled out all this, you know, cell phones and PCs and the internet and everything kind of Netscape, Netscape, Netscape. And we had the dot-com thing start and all that kind of stuff. I think we're in another another one of those major pivot pivot points. But this time we're going to have some... Uh, some of the same things from bolts from 92 or 94, as well as 82. In 82, we had a lot of consolidation. Um, I think there's some older industries like cable TV and uh, maybe some of the phone companies, um, and as well as some sort of newer industries that you're going to be surprised that technology is making them either obsolete and forcing consolidation um, or just the customer itself like you were talking about has changed their taste so there's sort of a taste for different things um the second thing i think again is i'm going to urge people do not fight the tape as we say the market is going to it looks to me like it's going to probably tack on another 25 percent this year so i'm looking for somewhere like 37.50 or something like that like somewhere up in that range um so, what I'm looking at, what I'm thinking is we're going to see is more mergers, we're probably going to start to see more IPOs, we're going to see maybe an internet reboot or the start of it where we go to a sort of a blockchain based internet. I know I was, early on I was negative on Bitcoin or I called it Bitcoin, but I still think <laughs> the underlying technology is pretty cool. Um I think you're gonna, you might even see some change in the way the dollar, you might see a renewed pegging the dollar to some kind of solid uh, source of value like gold or perhaps some kind of cryptocurrency that acts like gold. Uh, Bitcoin is a little too small in the liquidity size. It's just not big enough um, to do it, but it works like (laughs) it's engineered. The program works like gold works. I also think that you're probably going to see uh, some newer, a new technology, some new technologies like AI. But I think it's—I'm not a believer that AI is going to take over our lives and we're all going to be obsolete and robots are going to do everything for us. I think AI might knock out companies like, for example, Uber may have trouble competing mm-hmm. because suddenly you're going to get a little AI system in your cell phone that allows customers to call you directly and you create your own uber you don't need the big company you don't need a centralized and i i think there's a lot of that and i think a lot of people are very much overlooking that and so i just think and also when you have states like california that are basically trying to stop uh, sort of freelance workers or put an end to it, which is, I think, catastrophic and totally crazy. Um, and New Jersey's even trying to do the same thing to some degree. Um, I think that with AI is so advanced, it would make all those Uber drivers, instead of being an Uber driver, they'd be an independent, uh, mm. they'd be now Uber entrepreneurs, and they'd all be their own, it would be their own little business, so they wouldn't work for Uber anymore. They'd They'd be like their own Uber. And I think there's a lot of uh, technology now uh, that we're gonna see fruition of. We're also gonna see big changes in some of the privacy issues that are available that are on the internet, a la the reboot of the internet. But I think that just the willy nilly selling of people's data and collecting data uh, I think there's it's going to be limited. Uh, and I think you're going to get you you may get control back of your own data, which, which to me is really significant. In other words, we're gonna have more privacy again, which is the big problem, because that's why people like me. I love Alexa, but I would never use it because I don't trust them. And even <laughs> I noticed on Apple on the on all the apple voice activated stuff when i when i when i updated the thing it said oh if you want to use the voice act when is it okay to use it when when you address the you know the app or like and we like it basically says that they're not going to share you that they're not going to be listening to you right now although it just came on when we started the the call here on my <laughs> ipad started talking to me so maybe it is listening i don't know like so these things are
1: uh, you know sometimes okay. i think i'm hallucinating but, Go ahead. Now, the biggest critic you're going to have, 2019, we're going to 2020. We've had 10 years of a bull market. I mean, the market's gone up since 2019 for an entire decade. This is the longest running bull we've ever seen. And every day we wake up, there's another 100 points, there's another 200 points. So when people see that, everybody always thinking, expansion, maybe we're at the peak. So that's the first thing, you know, after the peak, we're going to have a recession. So what do you have to say to the people that are going to say, well, we've been in a bull market for 10 years. It's just been going up, up, up and up. It would sort of be crazy to not think or to look for a downside. Well, first of all, I
0: don't think we were in a bull market. I think the market went up only really because the Federal Reserve flooded. Since 2008, the Federal Reserve just flooded basically what, what they were calling helicopter finance. They were flying around with helicopters and throwing money out the window and hoping guys like you and me would pick it up and spend it somewhere. And uh, But what we were doing is we were buying stocks with that money. It was It's like uh, the, the, the rally probably prior to 2016 um, a good portion of that was just an inflationary adjustment from the basically the collapse The it, it was all that qe like that quantitative easing stuff uh from the disaster the 2008 financial crisis and i don't really think the market was up that much i mean the economy didn't grow that much it was uh it was kind of we were sort of stagnant for 10 years and and again i'm not don't Think I'm trying to blame anybody or anything. I'm just saying it, it is what it is. And I think when you suddenly you got a new administration in uh, that was clearly an outsider and a business owner, a large business owner, particularly involved in a real estate business. You got somebody who, uh, who's very invo- interested in what goes on in banking and real and interest rates and things like that. Um, and so. You have a lot of push, um, I think, on uh, t- like, like there's just been a lot of things done, whether it's getting rid of Dodd-Frank, whether it's, um, you know, yelling at the Federal Reserve, whether it's deregulating, whether it's cutting tax. I mean, Larry Kudlow was all over TV yesterday bragging about how tax cut 2.0 is in the works. And so you get a, you get a, a Trump re-election, you're going to have a storm. I, I don't think this is going to be the typical second term for a president. I think you're going to have a, a storm of activity from the White House and from Congress doing a whole bunch of things that they probably should have been doing the last two or three years, but they've been busy fighting with the president instead or trying to, or some people would say undermining the president. Um, and, and, you know, if you have different ideas, that's fine on an, on an idea ground. But I just think this is all, uh, this is very much, uh, you know, if Trump came out tomorrow and said my administration has cured cancer, I guarantee CNN and some of these other stations would, would say that Trump is terrible because he's going to unemploy all these people that work at hospitals and this is a terrible thing to happen you know i mean i mean they were cheering for they were they were crying over a a murdering terrorist the guys killed at least 600 people documented uh he's like a mastermind terrorist and they're they're on tv like crying about how he was assassinated and then they rag about the last time the united states did this was with uh admiral yokohama or whatever it is in japan and i'm thinking to myself well that kind of that worked out pretty well for the U.S. in those days, so maybe this is not a bad thing after all. This might, you know, I mean, I just like it, it, This is this is what you were just flooded with this this noise, as you called it, and and it and it, it's it's just you you as an investor, you really have to buffer this and filter it out of your head because it's and it and it's hard because it comes from everywhere, including most of the financial press, which is just. It's horrible. It used to be very good, and now it's like a lot of the stuff they publish is just garbage.
1: All right. Well, James, we got to get ready. We got to get out of here. As always, we always have fun. We got to bring the show to the end. I want to say, tell people, how can they find you? How can they follow you?
0: All right, well, I do have a Facebook page called Unofficial Wall Street. And if you're fortunate enough to be in New York City, I do do financial tours on Wall Street, which are kind of a lot of fun, especially if you want to learn the history and some of the crazy stuff that uh, has gone on. Um, And usually I can be reached, the page on Facebook is called Unofficial Wall Street, as I said, and that's usually the best way to get in touch with me through that page. And I'm more than willing to talk to anybody. I don't give financial advice anymore. I am out of that business. Um, But I will tell you which way I might think the market's going or stuff that I think is really important or stuff I think is not important.
1: All right. Well, that's James Portland. My name is Prince Dykes. As always, until the next video, podcast, cartoon or whatever else crazy you see us do around the globe. Peace. Be safe. I'm out. And thank you.